Am I better than everyone? TikTok is the talk of the town. It got more visits than Google in 2021. And you just heard some of the unique sounds and music that drive content and views on the app. Welcome to the special five-part series, Deconstructing TikTok for B2B. I'm Morgan Smith, I'm your host, and we're gonna be diving in with B2B TikTok experts, the content creators and brand managers who are experimenting every day, learning what makes the platform tick. Now. On to today's episode. Today, I am joined by no one. It's just me. I wanted to provide some notes on our own experiments with TikTok here at the B2B Power Hour, although I definitely don't pretend to be an expert like the guests we've had on. We're just starting out, and I wanted to provide some some interesting features, some interesting notes we're seeing um, you can follow us at B2B Power Hour, like the name of the podcast, on TikTok. I'd love to see you out there. We're starting to post content. Um, the other thing that I wanted to do with this episode was provide some summary notes and thoughts on each of our guests that we can use or that you can use uh, to have, well, whenever you want them, <laughs> instead of having to listen to the full episodes, although I would highly recommend doing so. I also wanted to provide a little summary thoughts about how to use TikTok, it seems, and what we're seeing so far. So let's get into it. The first thing I wanted to mention, which we're probably going to develop this more thoroughly into a blog post or into a piece of content in... Uh, in the future, we use a content methodology we like to call the layer cake here at the B2B Power Hour. And the layer cake is sort of a is a is a combined product and content development framework. So since we're very early on or we're early in our life cycle as a company, the messaging and the content that we use has to develop, alongside the products that we're rolling out. And in fact, many times they have to develop through the products we are rolling out. So recently we launched this LinkedIn in 30 Minutes playbook, and that was based on a lot of content testing and and experiments that we had run for months prior to the launch of that playbook. Well, now we are using some of those pieces of content and repurposing them and sort of stacking them on top of each other. So we put out a post we learn something useful from that post about the LinkedIn algorithm. Then we take those insights, we turn it into maybe one of our Saturday field notes. Then from there, we take that Saturday field notes, we republish it, we get insight from that, we get feedback from that. Then we take that, we repurpose it again back into the playbook, the original source of the content, in order to make that playbook more valuable. So instead of thinking like, Gary V's content pyramid, which I brought up a lot during this series, it's a layer cake. We're sort of stacking pieces of content and product on top of each other. And this was really important for me coming into the TikTok conversation. And if you listen through all four of the episodes with our guests, I continue to ask and try to figure out, like, can you effectively repurpose content for TikTok? Because as a user, a lot of the content has its own context. It's a very unique platform. And I can say, at least anecdotally for me and some of the B2B users and companies that I've been talking to, 
it is very different than Instagram Reels. It's so interesting how different the algorithms are, even though lots of people repurpose their TikTok content for Instagram Reels. It's just not as good, or it's just not the same environment and context. So um, we have a live show that goes on every Friday. We have this podcast. Uh, we have a ton of other content that we can repurpose, stuff that we're posting out on LinkedIn. So we've begun to experiment on TikTok with repurposing content. And the first few experiments we are running right now, by the time that this uh, episode comes out, is repurposing content um, at a conceptual level. So we're actually recording short 15 second or less videos per Will Aitken's recommendations that are really crisp, that are really clean, that are informative and engaging. And we are putting them out on um, our account. And that, the, the content itself actually comes from our LinkedIn 30 Minutes playbook, which also finds its way onto our LinkedIn feeds sometimes. But we're not taking, uh, or at least on this first go about, we're not taking the live show content and directly repurposing. That's next. And and we've actually seen some good results so far from our crisp, clean, recorded videos organically. Uh, we've gotten um, almost a thousand views on a couple of those videos. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that um, within the first few videos uh, of this upcoming week that we're posting, uh, we're going to exceed a thousand or a couple thousand. Um, I had a test account a number of months ago to test out some early insights in TikTok. And some of my videos got thousands of views um, that were just very crisp and clean and engaging. And uh from our experiments, I've also figured out that Will's advice about hashtags and uh, doing research on hashtags is so, so valuable. I basically posted the same video um, early on, and then I just recently reposted the video. Uh, I re-recorded it, but I, I posted it again with different hashtags, same caption, different hashtags, much more tailored hashtags based on the research that we had done to figure out where where does our audience live? Where do we um, you know, wanna find them? What sorts of conversion actions do we want from our audience? And by tailoring those hashtags, we got a lot more engagement, we got a lot more visibility, the views went a lot further. So, so one of Will's crucial pieces of advice was researching hashtags and not all things are as they would appear. Hashtag B2B is not a good hashtag. Uh, hashtag B2B sales is a much better hashtag. Um, hashtag sales tips is so good. Uh, but for us here at the B2B Power Hour, we talk a lot about social selling. And one glance at hashtag social selling shows a lot of solopreneurs, mostly women, who are teaching others how to use like Facebook and Instagram to use, um, uh, to how to use those platforms in order to convert customers. And obviously in our world, social selling is about using LinkedIn to convert target accounts and do multi-threading deals and all the rest. And so that's not a good match. And I had a, a video tagged hashtag social selling and it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so the, um, the insights that Will provided in this episode about using hashtags, I can validate on my end and uh, they, they definitely seem to make a huge difference. The other thing I wanted to note is that I believe it was Will who had brought up how easy it is to do native video editing inside the app, and it's true. It's a little funky timing text blocks 
two different audio things or, or, or if I'm speaking in an episode to sort of time a, a visual thing alongside the, the audio, but I know that with more practice, I'll get a lot better at it. And uh, honestly, I haven't had to do much, if any, video editing outside of TikTok itself. You can crop videos, you can sequence them up, um, you can add in sounds, you can track in trending sounds, you know, you can search the app and then use it in your own video. It's all very intuitive and I can see why lots and lots and lots of creators are hopping on the bandwagon. Um, but speaking of bandwagons, Leslie Vinets was very much not on the bandwagon uh, for trending content. She has developed her audience by just providing educational content. And as somebody who follows at Sales Tips Talk, she really does nail her formula. And there's a reason that she's built an audience of 28,000 people by just using that um, her, her style, her authentic style that she wants to use on the platform. I also think that there is a really crucial lesson for me in that because I don't know if you feel like this, but I... I maybe got in my own head too much thinking about TikTok and and what it would mean to be on the platform. And I remember feeling this early on when we launched the live show too, and when we launched this podcast as well about what will people say? What? <laughs> how how can I get across? Like I am kind of a cool guy, and I do know what's going on in the world, but not. Uh, I'm also not a dancing teen, and like I don't want to do that. And nobody should see me. Nobody should see my moves. I I do not need to be dancing on that app. It would it would. It would ruin people's days. And Leslie, I think, liberated me and a lot of other people from some of the messages that I've received from thinking, oh, I have to do trending content. It's more, and consistently, this is the principle as a marketer and as somebody who interacts with all these platforms, you know, it's always about delivering value. That is the fundamental lesson. That's true on TikTok. It's true on LinkedIn. It's true on podcasting. Who is watching this? Who is listening to this? And how can I provide them value? What are they looking for? What insights do they want? And Leslie really nails that. And we've seen with some of our, our more educational-focused videos that aren't at all edutainment, that we do get good engagement, that we do get good likes, good interest, good views from those videos. And I don't think that should stop anyone from creating content. And honestly, Leslie's video, or excuse me, Leslie's interview was really, really foundational for that. Um, Todd, on the other hand, had something I still, uh, <laughs> I still think about each and every day, which is that YouTube is a search engine and TikTok is social media. And I had never heard it framed like that before. And that blew my mind. YouTube is a search engine TikTok is social media. So even though they're both video content and YouTube Shorts is still figuring out what it wants to be when it's when it grows up, TikTok is still a social media feed and YouTube is about uh, search engine optimization. And for me, I think that uh, uh, really helped me think about how to create video for a feed instead of a search engine. And, and Will Aiken discussed this a little bit about how fluffy YouTube videos are and dwell time and all the rest of it. Whereas on TikTok, all you want is you want to get people to stay on the video. And Todd really, I think, has, has um, nailed this because between talking through like how do you get somebody to stay in feed? How do you think about creating content? And then also thinking about having different content pillars for your audience because you know the algorithm is going to serve the right people the right content as long as you target it directly to them. That's 
oh, that was unreal. We're starting to um, experiment with some of those things on our own page. Uh, we're starting to roll out new pieces of video content underneath a couple of different uh, pillars or layers of our layer cake that will reach different audiences on YouTube or excuse me on TikTok. <laughs> Too many video platforms, people. Um, uh, you know, we have this foundational or fundamental um, piece of content around LinkedIn. It's our deep experience. It's what we work with companies on. It's we've rolled out a playbook, et cetera. And so that's going to obviously take up a good amount of our content. But we're also going to look at other sorts of sales um, approaches and sales outreach methods and how to do prospecting better. And that's a much different and broader, but also narrower tactic. Tactic in its own way, or a narrower topic in its own way, where a lot of the things you talk about in social selling, maybe there's a Venn diagram, but there's a lot of things in that prospecting and outreach that don't get talked about in the social selling approach. And then we are going to look at um, on the third sort of our, our broader like product led growth um, or go to market motions that we've really. Uh, begun rolling out on this podcast, all of the different sorts of um, interviews that we continue to have, which I would encourage you to listen to if, if you haven't there. And we've got some great ones coming up. The other thing um, Todd nailed, which I still feel uncomfortable about, but I definitely know it's important, is that you have to be willing to be fun and funny and not just professional on TikTok. And it's not like I'm not a funny guy. If you've listened to any of our live shows, or fun guy, I don't know if I'm funny, but if you've listened to our live shows, I like to have some fun. We like to have fun. But as a user scrolling through TikTok, I notice I stay on the posts that are fun. I watch the videos that are funny. I don't always engage with the stuff that's like super serious or super professional. And I think if you're looking at starting a TikTok, uh, that maybe that's an obstacle for you. I would really encourage you to break through it and maybe we'll break through it together. Um, just like participating in trending audio maybe is like a first step to do that. Uh, but if you're like Leslie and you don't wanna do that, I think there's so many ways to still keep it authentic and, and keep it real to who you are without necessarily feeling too reserved on the app. And, and having scrolled through a lot of B2B accounts in the process of researching for this five-part series and and also as a result of this five-part series getting on TikTok, I'll, I'll be honest, like B2B is as boring to boring is uh, a well-earned moniker, I would say, from our content. And it doesn't come out of any, I don't know, misplaced attitude, but it does feel jarring on TikTok, in my view, to scroll through a bunch of content that's fun or funny or even just informative and lighthearted, and I think Leslie nails that a lot of the time, to something that's sort of like really serious or or something that's kind of like slow and not well-paced. I think like between what Will and Todd talked about in their uh, individual interviews, they really have nailed like it is that short, crisp attention getting content that really drives engagement. And I think Todd does a really good job at skits and and driving engagement through making fun of the industry or or making light out of certain situations that people would resonate with. And Will has a great job jumping on on trends. So so no matter where you find yourself creating content, I think there's so many opportunities. And um, at this point, just to like pause, one of the I've gotten pushback uh, in case uh, imagine that, but to the idea that oh, I talked to a bunch of my marketing friends, none of them are on TikTok. Most of the demographic is young, and I think Silvio's episode just disproved that. Now that doesn't mean 
that it's an actually mature platform. But, and it certainly doesn't mean that you have the same kind of reach to the same kind of people that you do on LinkedIn with a really good targeted approach. However, the fact that Silvio can invest what I estimated to be somewhere, you know, a few hundred dollars and 80% of the leads that come in on a native lead form are his target audience, like VP of sales, CMOs, etc. That is mind-blowing to me. And I think it is indicative to uh, TikTok is where Instagram was in like 2014. Now, I remember being on Instagram before, you know, Instagram was a real th- uh, thing. I remember the early photo days where they had all of their crazy looking filters. I kind of look back and cringe now, but uh, I, I think TikTok is in a similar situation. So you might be early if you join today, you might be early, but if given the opportunity to wind back time and join Instagram in 2014, I would do it. Even if it takes a little while to take off, I would absolutely do it. And I think Silvio's episode showed that even though organic content certainly is still priority in the TikTok ecosystem, they are figuring out ads and those ads are cheap. I wish, I, <laughs> um, Nick and I laugh a lot because we never did like an intro episode uh, to the podcast you sort of have to listen into everything to sort of learn who each of us are. But one of the little tidbits from my bio is that I taught myself how to build websites and and I started a website design and social media practice around 2010. And that was when Facebook was really taking off. And over the next four years, I saw sort of the launch of all of the ad ecosystems and like search grew up and SEO evolved and early social media sort of started to take off. And the ad uh, figures that Silvio gave in which he's paying a couple bucks or $6 for a lead and a couple bucks to reach a thousand people is like 2012 on Facebook numbers. It is so cheap and so powerful to get a good piece of content in front of people. And I think it also means that if we were to invest in anything on TikTok, it is the creative, it is the video itself. It's making sure it's fun, it's engaging, it's exciting, it has a good hook, it keeps people engaged, it has a good call to action, all the sort of standard principles of good creative that you're serving in feed for them to engage with your content or follow, whether you're building an audience or you want a direct conversion, creative is where it's at on TikTok. And Silvio's episode just, wow, um, mind-blowing. And and if you haven't followed him out on LinkedIn, I would highly recommend doing so. He shares so many of his insights freely about ads, not just on TikTok, but across all the platforms. So uh, those are at least some like summary notes from each of our guests and what we're seeing on our end um, at B2B Power Hour. If you haven't uh, followed us already, I would highly recommend you do so. We, we are churning out some fun stuff. And if you like what we put out on LinkedIn or you like what you put out, uh, what we put out on this podcast, then you're probably, I hope, going to like the stuff that we put out on TikTok. Um, tomorrow we are releasing a special field notes, which is our Saturday morning um, newsletter of sorts, but sort of notes from the field about our early learnings and a written summary of some of these notes, plus some other deep dives into what we've learned from putting out content on TikTok. Uh, So you can go to b2bpowerhour.com and uh, find, it's on the homepage to sign up for those field notes if you want them right to your inbox. But um, I really wanted to take a moment 
and talk about content repurposing because I think TikTok poses a unique challenge for all of us who are content creators, whether that means we are writing LinkedIn posts or we manage a brand or we are a social media coordinator or whatever that means. And this is indicative across all four of our guests in that TikTok has a unique ecosystem. It has a unique context to the platform. And taking live show footage that maybe you host on LinkedIn and condensing it for YouTube works really well because it's what we've grown to expect out of YouTube. Or taking live show footage or an event, you know, some sort of webinar, repurposing it into a blog post, well, that's really straightforward. But TikTok is not built for this. And just recently, they announced that they're they're allowing 10-minute videos on the platform, and you can bet your pretty dollar that we are going to start experimenting with that to see what sort of results we get. And for me, I think there's a couple of opportunities that stand out. First is that if you do build up an audience using sort of the, the, the tools and skills that our guests indicated, and you do get a few hundred or a few thousand followers, I suspect that setting up some sort of TikTok pixel and then churning out 10-minute videos or like longer form videos, and then being able to retarget those who engaged with at least 50% or 75% of your video, like Silvio had indicated, might be a really, really good opportunity. And that's because it shows, it may be a small percentage of your overall audience, but if your audience obeys a power law, like most platforms do, where you have a small number of really highly engaged users, and then everybody else sort of follows along in the long tail, in the long tail of the distribution, that means that you could provide unique opportunities, unique ads, unique experiences to those people who are engaging with your longer TikTok content. And that really wasn't available until this 10-minute thing. I think three minutes has is not normal uh, as a user, I don't usually hang around for all three minutes, but I definitely hang around for most of it. And I have watched three-minute videos on TikTok and found them engaging and interesting. But I think lots and lots of B2B companies will make the mistake of thinking that their 10-minute content that worked on YouTube will work on TikTok. And I don't think that that's true. I think some of the longer-form video I see working right now, and I think that will continue to work on the platform, tells a story. It's super engaging. Uh, it it has a cadence almost. So it, even if somebody's not speaking, and Will talked about the clay pot makers, I love some chocolatiers. Um, you know, you watch these videos and there's there's a visual story, even if there's not an audio story to, you want to see what happens. And I think it shifts the onus of video creation from dwell time and trying to get eyes through the rest of the video and sort of creating specific steps, like if you take a YouTube video course, you're going to learn a certain format that tends to work really well on YouTube. I think we are figuring out in real time what that looks like on TikTok. And my guess is that it is not going to look like YouTube. It's actually probably going to be a little more fluid. It's also going to be a lot less fluff. And it's also going to be um, a huge opportunity for people to experiment with it, we are, to um, repurpose footage from elsewhere. Um, and speaking of that, the other thing that we're going to start experimenting with, which maybe you want to follow along um, either on Field Notes or, or on our TikTok feed, is we are going to try repurposing our live footage. But um, it's not a really one-two punch. We use an editing uh, 
software called Descript that helps us produce all sorts of things. If you follow us on LinkedIn, you've seen any video that we put out is using Descript in some way. Our audiograms, our live show clips, whatever it is, aside from the stuff we're uh, natively creating on TikTok, that's all in Descript. And to do what I would like to do, which I have seen some marginal success on TikTok, is being able to splice the footage together. And um, I, I believe it's 20VC, uh, which is a well-known podcast hosted by, oh, I'm just pulling it up, Harry Stebbings. Uh, 20VC has a huge following. Um, it's a huge podcast. And uh, he currently has about 43,000 followers on TikTok. And 100% of his content is repurposed. And sort of scrolling through, yeah, like there's some videos. Most of his videos get, you know, seven to 10,000 views. And then there's some that get 310,000 views or others that are, you know, 250,000 views and really high performing ones. I think some of that is because he has fairly famous people on his podcast. And so when you're scrolling through your feed, you're going to see their face. And I think that works. But I also think it's uh, it displays the principle that uh, repurposing content may actually work. Uh, it may actually serve the audience well, as long as it's done right. And most of his content, though, is short. Like, it's clips from the um, from the interviews. It's not actually the full interview. Like, I'm just pulling up one really quick, and um, it looks like it's, yeah, this is like a 37-second video, and it has a few thousand views. Let's pull up a 250,000 video. Yeah, it's a 43-second clip, and it has 250,000 views. So I think the ways that we can repurpose content are going to uh, change, but I think there's still a lot of opportunity there. And if you're joining and you already have, if you're joining TikTok and you already have an anchor piece of content or a cornerstone piece of content that you'd like to repurpose, it may take some templates in like uh, Final Cut Pro or Premiere Pro to do it right. Um, and maybe it has to be outsourced or maybe you get to pick up a new skill if you're the one producing it. Uh, but I... Honestly, I think it's such a huge opportunity. And the worst, you know, the the worst thing that can happen is it's poorly targeted and you you turn out 10 videos that are repurposed content and they don't do all that well and you learn, okay, it didn't work. On to the next thing. Try something new. Um and the last note that I have for us today before we conclude, before we send us all on our merry way from this special five-part episode is the inverse of repurposing. And that's using a lot of what Todd talked about and a lot of what Will talked about of taking TikTok content and repurposing it back onto other platforms. And I, from what I've seen so far, and I've been posting some, uh, as Nick would say, tickies, <laughs> some tickies back on LinkedIn, I've gotten some great traction. And I think what's happening is the shorter the video, the better, because I believe some part of the LinkedIn algorithm promotes uh, videos based on their dwell time, but not total dwell time. Dwell time is sort of a percentage of the total video. So if you have a three-minute video and you only get 30 seconds on average, LinkedIn's algorithm is probably, this is my guess, we don't have too much to validate this, but um, LinkedIn's algorithm is going to say, well, it's, it may be a good video, but it's not super important. And so you get a couple hundred views or maybe not even a hundred views. But because a TikTok video is 15 seconds long and if it's done right, it's fairly engaging, somebody can pull up the video in their feed 
and if reading the caption even, might even watch it once by accident. So every TikTok video that I've begun to post on LinkedIn gets uh, like thousands of views, um, is actually kind of crazy. And I think some of that is because it's almost tricking the algorithm. Uh, tricking is a strong word, but I think that's probably appropriate into promoting the video more because it's a short video and a lot of people watch it and a high percentage of the people who watch it, watch it over 50%, 75% of the video length, which isn't all that hard. And so the algorithm continues to promote it wider. Obviously that could change. If you're listening to this episode far in the future, maybe that's not the case anymore. But uh, at least for for now in early 21, or excuse me, <laughs> early 22, it uh, it seems to to be the case. So take the opportunity, create some TikToks, repurpose them onto LinkedIn, see the traction that you can get, um, and just continue to deliver value for your audience. I wanted to thank you so much for joining us on this special five-part series. It's been so much fun. If you're not following Will Aitken, Leslie Vinets, Todd Clauser, Silvio Perez out on LinkedIn, I would highly recommend doing so. I would also recommend following all of them out on TikTok. Um, you can find their handles in each of their episodes and uh, make sure to sign up for field notes coming out tomorrow um, and in the future we'll have stuff all about our tiktok uh, experiments that you can learn and follow along with so thank you again so much and uh, we'll see you next time thanks for joining for this special five-part series on tiktok if you want to learn more about the b2b power hour our playbooks our community and more go to b2bpowerhour.com Thanks again for listening. Hope you subscribe and we'll see you next time.